So basically they have now determined everything that I sell and all of my competitors, a cigarette. And make no mistake, this is about big tobacco and the money that they are losing. Hello, friends, and welcome to another amazing episode of Weed Buds Radio, as we always explore the crazy topics that the cannabis industry throws our way so often. And it was funny because a couple of weeks ago, it's not funny. This is a crazy topic, and I can't wait to learn more about it and for you all to learn about it. Our, our great friend Tess Woods from Tess Woods PR sent us a message and said, if we want to learn about the upcoming issues around vaping, that we needed to speak to Dana Shockett. And so I am so grateful that Dana from O2 Vape is able to join us today and tell us a little bit about what's going on. And so Dana, thank you so much for joining Weed Buds Radio. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Dana, before we go into the crazy, ever-changing landscape of regulatory affairs in this industry, I would love to learn a little bit more about you and the O2 Vape business. How did you come to create this space and become such an integral part of it? Sure. Um, well, I basically uh, had a lot of different, uh, well, not really a lot. I was in pharmaceutical sales for about 13 years and toxicology for three. Um, I'm, I was also in the military. So after I left the military and got into my professional life, as far as in the civilian world and, and did the pharmaceutical and the toxicology, got to the point where pretty much got tired of working for the man and had an opportunity to um, get into the cannabis space. And actually we started out um, as, as growers and we were caregivers here in the state of Michigan. So I did grow for about five years and which uh, as everybody says, oh, I want to grow, I want to grow. Well, it is not all buds and glory, let me tell you. Um, so <laughs> we did that for about five years. And then back in 2013, 2014 is when vaping started to come onto the scene as far as for cannabis oil, people started doing it. You know, I'm, I'm old school from way back when we won't, we won't age myself, but, you know, we all smoked uh, flour back in the day and, and things. And, you know, there was hash in the days, things like that. But um, when the cannabis oil started making on the scene, I saw an opportunity and basically started O2 Vape, bought the name and started out out of my garage, my living room. And we were the original buttonless vape pen. So the one that everybody has, it had the little stylist on the bottom. So that's where we started. And obviously, um, as the company grew and we were one of the first, uh, certainly the first in Michigan. Now, there were e-liquid companies out around that time, too, and in, in, in vapor products for the for the nicotine side, but we never were in that space. This was all done for the cannabis vaping space. And over the years, uh, grew it, had to finally move out of the house some years back and get an office and warehouse and staff and, and so on and so forth. And so now I believe we've grown it. I've grown it to being one of the, you know, leading people um, in the industry. Um, we're still a privately held company, never taken a dime from anybody. I've done this all bootstraps and on my own. Amazing. Every gritty good startup story starts in the garage. I tell it. Doesn't everybody. it? It does. Except for I don't have I don't have Bill Gates's money though that he started in his garage. So not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, <laughs> but you know, we we do make what we do here at O2 Vape is we make, besides having our own brand where you can go to O2Vape.com and for now still buy a vape pen or something where we have our B2C side, business to consumer, we do a 
vast amount of uh, OEM and white labels. So we make the hardware for people in the cannabis space, in the CBD space. We make the cartridges. We make batteries with their name on them. We co-brand with a lot of people. Um, I actually started, I was the first person to ever use the Powered by O2 Vape way back eight years ago. We would put Powered by O2 Vape on the batteries and then brought in a couple, as you see on my banner back here, we have a patented pen that's mine. I actually, it's not patent pending, it is patented. Um, took quite a few years of that, but we have the patented Flip Ultra that you can only get here at O2 Vape, so. Amazing, and real quickly, because I know that with vape cartridges that there's, you know, we've all heard the different stories, but why was it so important to really brand the hardware and the cartridge uh, to kind of like, I guess, a, a stamp of authenticity, if you will, on the product? Because I guess there was a lot of counterfeiting going sure. on in this space. They were even counterfeiting the stamping. And the packaging, yeah. and that's and that's kind of what happened when the air quote vape crisis that happened from back in 2019, the dank vapes and some of those other things that were there really isn't even a brand for dank vapes. I mean, it was right. just you know there really wasn't. So it became important to have your 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 name on there, lot numbers, barcodes, things like that, so that you can trace it back. There's also this look. When I started, there was myself and one other company doing this, and now there's there's you know a fair amount of companies, but there's also thousands of factories that manufacture this stuff. And unfortunately, all of us have to manufacture our products overseas. I am an American-based company, been in Michigan since day one, which is where we are, but it doesn't matter what factory that you use. Um, and there are factories that don't care about heavy metals. There are brands even out here that don't care about heavy metal testing their cartridges. It's becoming more prevalent because states are mandating it if you are a state license holder. So, you know, O2Vape is all about compliance and safety here. We actually started doing safety testing on our products before anybody else was doing it and or before it was even mandated by the state of California, which is one of the first states that came on doing that. Um, so it is important to do that, to have your brand on there. And that makes that makes perfect sense. And Dana, when you were talking about the products on your website, you had mentioned that you can buy them there for now. Correct. And I was wondering if you could explain uh, what that meant uh, for now. So what's happening, in, and that's why I'm glad to be helping get the word out here on your show, is that um, tucked into the stimulus bill on like page 5,149, not the one that just got signed yesterday, the stimulus bill that came out in December. So it came out in December and then uh, the ex-president signed it basically about two days or so before inauguration. Um, great. All for the stimulus bill. Proud that, you know, happy that people are getting, you know, we're getting the money to give them to help them. But what they tucked in there was something called the Jenkins Slack Pact Act. Now, the Jenkins Act was from 1949, and what that was is they in, in, in initiated that um, act to um, stop cigarette companies from being able to avoid the state tax, okay, because you could go, you know, the little stamp that's on the bottom of a pack of cigarettes. So states were being out, so they said it's illegal if you don't collect your state tax and send it into the states, so on and so forth. The PACT Act came out in 2010, I believe it is, which stands for the Prevent All Cigarette Trafficking Act, hence PACT is the acronym. 
What that did is they said, well, shoot, now we have e-commerce. We can't have people trafficking with cigarettes across the internet. So they, they came up with that. Now, what they've done, and we have to thank Diane Feinstein for this out in California. She was the one that was the sponsor of this bill to amend anything that you use to vaporize, no matter what the substance is included in that pack act. So basically they have now determined everything that I sell and all of my competitors, a cigarette. What's the definition of a cigarette? Tobacco in loose ground leaf island tobacco rolled in a white paper. This is not a cigarette. This right. is not a cigarette. This, which is just a case, is not a cigarette. This is a USB charger. This is now classified underneath that PAC Act as a cigarette, or commonly the other acronym is ENDS, Electronic Nicotine Delivery System. But what they did is they cast the net so far by saying any component, any product, any accessory, even just this rubber cap, which is an accessory, the mouthpiece that you can unscrew from a cartridge, this mouthpiece on here, okay? I can't ship those. Now the PAC Act was only geared towards the United States Postal Service, okay? And they said, you can no longer ship through USPS, United States Postal Service. Immediately after that happened, FedEx came out and said, oh, we're gonna do it too. We're jumping on board. I have some friends pretty high up in UPS and UPS said, oh, we'll never do that, Dana. You don't have anything to worry. And that's who we commonly used a lot. We used the Postal Service, too. Not too much on FedEx, but we used UPS and the Postal Service. And three weeks after it came out, UPS said, we're stopping, too. So they have eliminated all of the channels for B2C and some of the B2B channels. Wow. So why is this just universal language just slated out there that has all of these other consequences? Because I think you and I, Dana, we can totally say, look, you know, we do not want vaporizers going to children's houses. Sure. I don't think that's the debate here. It's so not how, the debate. How does this get laid out like this? Well, if my, and, and, you know, my opinion, too, is that, first of all, I sell empty hardware, okay? To me, what are you going to do with this cartridge, okay? Unless you have the elements to put in it, to me, what I sell is like selling a gun with no bullets or a bullets with no gun, a car with no wheels or a car with no engine, okay? What are you going to do with it? You can't do anything with it, okay? Right. So my opinion and I'm pretty sure with most of the people that I've been talking to about this is, you know, the this is all about big tobacco. Make no mistake, this is about big tobacco. The same way if you're familiar with the acronym that came a few, a few years ago called the PMTA, the Pre-Market Tobacco Act, you had to submit, they're trying to put all of the vaping companies on the EGIS, and I have a lot of friends in that industry as well. Sure. So even though I don't sell it, I'm part of the United States Vaping Association, the USDA, which has a case in front of the Supreme Court right now because the FDA, and we have to thank Obama for this, unfortunately, he's the one that put in the PMTA and gave people a certain amount of time to get your product approved through the FDA. It costs millions of dollars per SKU just to apply, which they've never even finalized the deeming rules. So they're like, okay, you have to have your application in 
but we don't really know what all the rules are. It's millions of dollars. There's only two labs in the United States. They're beyond backed up. And I'm like, how do you do a fetal study on a battery? How do you do a fetal study on an empty cartridge? Okay. The only people that have the money to get anything through the PMTA is LJ, RJ Reynolds, Altria, or Philip Morris, which ironically, they already have two devices approved through the FDA. So this packed Jenkins Act doesn't apply to them. Interesting. So it's weird how that's some of those opinion. things work, huh? Isn't it? So what do we do for B2B? Okay. Right. Now, how do we how do I service? I get clients that order a hundred thousand cartridges at a time from me. Okay, they come into our warehouse, we open up, we inspect them, tape them back up and ship them back out to you know, I have a lot of clients all over this country and in other countries. Sure. Who's going to take those? And the biggest thing, too, is UPS, their verbiage that they did in the ban was they said nothing shipped to the United States from the United States or within. So they actually just cut off our importation line as well. Which and all of us manufacture overseas. I was going to say, so which basically is this silo of North America unable to to do anything in an industry how do you can't innovate right exactly and so so the other part of it that's just the shipping angle okay that's just the shipping the other part of it is because they have deemed me a tobacco product i have to follow all of the tobacco laws i have to register in every state that I'm going to ship products to, apply for a state taxation for tobacco, as well as apparently I have to have the cigarette tax stamp on my products. This is not a cigarette. So there's a lot of stuff. And then file my taxation to those states, to the cities, to the tribunals, if you're selling onto an Indian reservation, by the 10th of every month. Many people that I've spoken to, right, they're already out of the game. They're like, well, I'll just stop selling vapes off my website. I'll just stop. And by not only that, when I said you can still get, they could have done this so differently, okay? When the PMTA came out a few years ago, everyone in the cannabis space was like, well, that doesn't apply to us. We're not for tobacco. It already says on our products, not for tobacco use, because they're not for tobacco use, okay? We have to go through customs. We have to go through the FDA. Normally, they might pinch something, and then they'll release, and they'll say, yeah, you're not a tobacco product. You're good to go, okay? Well, now, with this Pact Jenkins Act, we're not only under the FDA anymore. We're under the ATF, I also, they have the right to come in and audit my books, audit, and actually also on part of the shipping, you have to have a total chain of custody. This is like almost getting a urinalysis test. Yeah. Every person that does. So not only that, do I have to give and keep a record for five years of everyone that I ship to, okay? You also even have to collect the name and address of the delivery driver that's bringing it to your business. The logistics here are unfathomable. They're unfathomable. And you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. I think uh, CBD, and this isn't even including CBD, um, THC vapes and concentrates did over $2 billion last year, according to Headset, and with more states and more states coming on board. And speaking of the states, I, in the state of Michigan, or I'm not sure what state you're located in, um, have the right to consume cannabis, whether it's medicinal or recreational, by flower, 
concentrates are edibles. So now you're overriding my state's rights that we voted in as the people to be able to consume that. They're going to say, well, Dana, you can still go to the dispensary and buy your cartridge. How's the dispensary going to get their cartridges if I can't ship the stuff to the manufacturers who make the CBD and THC oil to fill it and then transport it legally to the dispensary or the or the vape shop? I'm here in Maine, Dana, and so I can get... I have clients in your state. Yeah, exactly. So my medical, I have a a medical card. I can go to a medical dispensary. We also have adult use legalized here in the state of Maine. And not to be political about it, but there are residents in the state of Maine that because of restrictions of being a medical patient deem the adult use that they're still using for medicinal wellness, holistic wellness in their life, but because their sacrifices and being a a medical patient here in Maine and maybe in Michigan as well, that they've made a choice, that they they will participate in the adult use market to obtain their medicine. And some people have made the choice that vaporizing is the delivery method for them. That they want. Correct. And so this so, is, yeah. you're talking about the medical patients. And the other thing too, knocking out the B2C channel, what about if I only can get to my dispensary once a month? I'm disabled. I'm blind. We have people that call us up and say, can you place the order for me? I'm blind. We had a blind man calling the other day and he's like, you know, I'm blind. I, I, I can, you know, I have voice on my phone, but I need you to place the order for me. I cannot see my computer screen. We have one of the testimonials on my website. This guy's been with me since almost day one, a man named Jesse out in California. He's a paraplegic. You know, he uses our auto draw buttonless pen. He has it hooked up to a thing so that he just turns his head. But I am able to ship to Jesse's home. Okay. And he lives kind of up in the hills in California. So you're talking about people, the people that are going to get hurt the most by this are the poor and the indigent, the people in rural communities, the disabled, the medical patients. Plus, let's not forget, we are in a global pandemic that only has 9.2% of our population vaccinated and people are staying home. So you have all of that that's coming into play. You have veterans. I'm a veteran as myself, veteran on company, veteran on my staff. We have you know, a lot of veterans that use our stuff. We're involved in the last prisoner project as well. Things like that, helping get people that have been in, in, in prison way too long for a plant. So there's just a lot of things to spiral here. Now, let's not make any mistake about this. Also, you're talking about brands that are bigger than I am that are traded on the New York Stock Exchange that all they sell are vapor pens and some of my competitors. And I believe that this is a time now for all of us to come together. There is enough food in this industry for all of us to have a seat at the table. I'm never gonna be able to have all of the vape business, nor is some of my competitors. What works for some works for, we always say to people, look, we'd love to have your business, but if we're not a good fit for you and XYZ company is, great. I would suggest you work with myself or a few of the other top players because some of our competitors don't have the same hardware quality that we have and the safety standards, although they claim they do, we know that they don't. So, um, you know, you do get what you pay for, but we all need to come together and battle this because I I honestly don't know what's going to happen. We're trying to find some shipping options or some options out there for the B2C channel, but it's going to definitely, if I can, you know, we're going to do our best to try to stay in compliance. But the shipping company that I talked to yesterday said 70% of the people they've spoken to already have said we're just out. And now maybe they can either going to fold up shop or maybe they sell CBD and gummies and whatever off their website and they can drop 
maybe it's only represents 10, 15% of their business. But when you're only a vape hardware manufacturing company and that's, that's your all business. you have, that's my it. business. And to have someone be able to almost destroy you or even some other big players out there, I'm sure you can think of some companies that like have three letters in their name. Um, and, you know, we're trying to get the lobbyists and that's what people need to do. They need to they need to call their congressmen. They need to call their senators. We have to get the lobbyists. We have to get people like NCIA, any of the other lobbying organizations, the hemp industry. Actually, yesterday, I just saw that Biden signed off on the existing hemp laws. There were some things they did, but I just saw the email blast this morning from one of the um, things that I belong to that it is going to go into effect. I don't even think people have realized the ramifications of what this is going to do to the CBD industry as well. We have some very big clients we can barely keep them in hardware. That's how many vape batteries and cartridges they sell. Right. So we're trying to do all we can, you know, and I, I really, it's, 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 you know, it's maddening. You know, it's almost like you go through the whole stages of grief on this right here because I'm not going down without a fight. I can tell you that. Thank God. Thank, you know, honestly, you know, we're grateful for people like you in this space. One, I can't even imagine because you've already had to fight like crazy. Startup world, right? That's that's a grid of its own. Startup Correct. world in a in a emerging market and industry like this, where innovation is paramount. The fact that you're going as far to patent technology in this space and innovate in this space, to me, you know, my my core business is about innovation as well in plastics. Mm-hmm. But it's all about innovation. And I struggle when there are arbitrary decisions. And I do not get very political because I think all sides have uh, just as much friction when it comes to to hindering innovation. But when I see entrepreneurs doing their dentist in the way that, that you articulated this today, this is more than just your business. This is people you care about, your community, your patients. And my I'm staff, just, my staff, staff, my yeah. staff is worried. I mean, I, we're, we're a medium sized company, but I give my staff full medical benefits, dental, vision, profit sharing, 401k. You know, they're worried. It's like, they're like, what are we doing, boss? And you're like, we're going to stay as long as we can, but <laughs> you, know, you can't fighting. risk going. To, but you can't risk going to jail. This is right. three years in jail. They're talking about putting me in jail for shipping yeah. this, you know, for shipping this, and then they're going to blacklist you. They're going right. to if you. They're going to if you if they find out you violate it. They're going to create a, a, a this naughty list and send it to all of the freight and shipping companies, and then they're going to be told not to do business with you at all. Even if I were to start up another business and sell t-shirts and hats, they're going to say, don't take her business because she violated the PAC Act. So Dana, what can we do as members of of, uh, fans here and friends and people in the community? We have to get the word out. And unfortunately, I was talking to someone last night I talked to someone, I call, I reached out to someone that I'm involved in. We're on the um, ASTM D37 committee, which is for uh, American standards and testing, right? I've been on that, involved in that for over a year now, helping write the rules to get some standards of safety testing for vape hardware, working with a lot of the people up in Canada as well. And with that, and a lot of people don't know. I talked to someone who's very involved in ASTM yesterday and I said, hey, did you hear about the vape ban? He goes, oh, you mean did they ban something in Michigan? I'm like, no. We're talking about 
countrywide. And so then I got on him and he's trying to get to some people, but I don't think people understand what this is. And that's why yeah, I can do cannabis radio. I can do this. I can do you. I can do weed buzz. I can do all of these you know, things that I'm getting. And I'm very thankful for Tess and the rest of my PR team who's helping me get the word out there. But we need to get the lobby people that have something to say about this that can try to get to these centers there's two schools of thought they either didn't know what they were doing or they knew exactly what they were doing when they wrote that bill it's only like three pages okay yeah. and the one paragraph where they say no matter what it's, you're talking about now dry flower pens you're talking about vape batteries vape cartridges pod systems disposable pens electric nails dab rigs Anything that is being vaporized and going into your system, you're talking about the Da Vinci's of the worlds. The I mean, you're you're naming so many products. You're naming so many of our friends that have been on this show that bring products to the to the audience and, and to our friends. And it's just you know, I'm so grateful that Tess connected you and I, Dana. Me too. Uh, and, and we've got to get people to do something. We need to be we, on national news. Honestly, call normal, really, call NCIA, call like call them all. Call your Apparently rep. NCIA doesn't seem to think this is, you know, I don't want to bash them, but they I don't think they even understand the ramification of this. That's why I'm trying to get the word out. I feel like I've been on a horse riding the British are coming, the British are coming for the last 7 weeks and people are like even on our social media which Please, anybody who's listening, o2vape.com is our website. You know, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, write your congressman, call your state office. I talked to our state rep, our state attorney general here in Michigan, Dana Nessel, on a Zoom call. And she's like, why was this in the stimulus bill? And I said, well, you know, they always tuck stuff in there, but yet it's illegal to have the minimum wage hike in this last stimulus bill. They said, no, you can't have that in there, but we can wipe out a multi-billion dollar industry and people's lives and small businesses. But again, make no mistake, this is about big tobacco and the money that they are losing. And the pen is mightier than the sword, folks. So let's get out there and start writing, start calling. Dana, Again, one last time for the audience tuning in, what is the best way for us to stay connected to you and help fight this fight? You can reach out to me on my, my emails, Dana at O2Vape.com. It's just, it's not as, it's not a zero. It's an O Uh, Dana at O2Vape.com is my personal email. Um, You can reach out to Tess. You can reach out to, um, you know, Tess Woods. You can reach out through, you know, call. We have follow us. We're trying to keep stuff on our website. We're trying to keep stuff up, up on our Instagram. We have a lot of followers on Instagram. So we need this industry to band together. But some people, from what I've heard from some law firms, are taking the stance of, F it, come get us. And they all, they will. I mean, this is yeah. different than the FDA. This is ATF. They have guns, badges, and handcuffs. That is a great point, Dana. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I know I definitely do not want to uh, to necessarily step on, on that line. And so we're, we're going to fight the way that we know how to fight, and that's with our voice. And so, Dana, thank you so much for, for including Weed Buds thank in you. our family here. And to all of you tuning in, please you know, reach out to your lawmakers. Look at you know the rules that are being made for us. Just Google uh, the Pact or Jenkins Act. Just Google. And ironically, there hasn't even been that much 
much. I mean, you got to kind of dig to find it, but we have posted stuff on our newsroom site. Um, I, I actually even had got a byline in Benzinga. So we're trying to get it out there, but you can follow us stuff on our newsroom. We're trying to do that, but we're going to try to keep our online as best as we can. But instead of somebody getting something in one day or two days, it might take a week to get to you, but we're going to try to do everything we can to keep our small pack and our, and our B2B open. I appreciate that. And anybody you want to connect with me, please feel free. Absolutely. And so please reach out to Dana and the team at O2 Vape. And of course, we're so grateful for your time and taking the time to hang out with us today. We'll see you in the next episode.